Thank you, brother. Good afternoon. So when I was running around, I was going to say, say good morning, and now it's three minutes after 12, so it's afternoon. I'm so glad to see all of you. You look so beautiful. You look so beautiful. You have no idea how great you look. Now, when you step outside for like two minutes, that's going to change. <laughs> so we have the message today is called The Command to Go. And we're talking about evangelism. So get your, your Bibles ready, um, your phones, whatever you're using today, and turn to Matthew 28. The 28th chapter of Matthew, that's going to be our foundational text that we're going to be using today. And we're going to talk about um, sharing the good news, sharing the gospel of Jesus Christ, the commandment to go, 28, 18 through 20. I'm going to give you a little context while you're looking that up. So in the gospel of Matthew, Jesus had already suffered. He'd already been crucified. He'd already died. And he had already been buried for the sins of all of humanity. I want to emphasize that. Jesus died for everybody. Everybody. And it doesn't matter what our life was like. Because we are all sinners. <laughs> right? We were all sinners. So he died for all of humanity. And so what happened was early in the morning on a Sunday after the Sabbath, Mary Magdalene and the other Mary, they went where Jesus had been buried. They went to the tomb with some spices because they wanted to anoint his body. But when, he, when they got there, they didn't see Jesus. Jesus wasn't there. There was an angel there who met them and said, you're looking for Jesus who was crucified, he's not here. He has risen, right? I mean, that's what our Easter is about. That's what I'm talking about. Get excited about the risen Jesus Christ. They said, the angel said, and go and tell the disciples that he's not here, that he's risen, and he'll meet you in Galilee. You will see Galilee. You'll see him there. Now, the angel told them to hurry and go. So the Marys, they're hurrying up. I mean, I want you to think about this for a minute. You go to see the buried Jesus, and he's not there. You see an angel instead, and the angel tells you to hurry up and also gives you uh, an instruction to go get the disciples and tell them to meet, meet you in Galilee, and you're going to see Jesus when you get there. I don't know about you, but I'd be a lot excited. Well, they were excited, they were joyful, and they were a little bit nervous. So they're hurrying up to go tell, and on the way, <laughs> on the way there, guess who shows up? Jesus. Jesus shows up as they are on the way to give the good news. Now, the angel said you'll see him when you get there. But that's just like God, isn't it? You're going to share the good news, and he shows up while you're on your way. And so we're kind of going to talk about that today in this message. So they hurry up. They're full of joy. They bow down. They worship Jesus. And I want you to note, 
that Jesus told his disciples that he would be handed over to the chief police, uh, chief priests, they acted like police, no, chief priests and scribes, and they would kill him, and that he would be mocked, flogged, and crucified. And they did it. But he told them, and I will be raised up on the third day. Now, twice he told them that. He told them that in Matthew 17, 22, and 23, and he told them that in Matthew 20, 18, and 19, long before they got to this point where he has actually been resurrected and is now calling a meeting for the team. And so now here they are. So that's the context that we're in. The dead Jesus once is now risen, like he said he would. He's calling the meeting of his disciples, and he lets, he lets us take a look at this foundational scripture here because now he's giving them a command. So Matthew 28, 18 through 20. Jesus is meeting with the disciples, and he declares to them, Go! <laughs> and he says to them, all authority in heaven and in earth belongs to me. In other words, all authority in heaven and earth has been given to Jesus Christ. He is it. He is all the authority. There's no other authority greater than Jesus. And now he's given them an instruction to go. To go and do what? To go and make disciples of all nations. And to teach them. To teach them what, Pastor Darby? To teach them how to live, how to be in the same character as Jesus Christ. How to have an attitude like Jesus. How to walk like him, talk like him, be like him. They're teaching, we're teaching them how to live like Jesus Christ. Now, we're not only living like Jesus, we're doing like Jesus because it says in the word that we would do greater works than he did. That Jesus went about doing good and healed every kind of disease. Doing good and healing disease. Do we not do that? We do that here at Northwest Church. We heal diseases in the name of Jesus Christ. We are his disciples. We do what he does. So there is Jesus telling his disciples, I want you to do this, and I want you to go make disciples of all nations baptizing them in the name of the Father, the Son, and the Holy Spirit. This is a command to go. This is not an option. It's not optional. And we know this as the Great Commission. Many of us have heard that. Some of us is new too. But the Great Commission has not changed. The Great Commission is still go preach the gospel. Go make disciples. Go teach and go baptize. And so he's telling the disciples what he wants them to do. And this making disciples in the Greek means getting people saved first. <laughs> it means we got to get them to the saved place first. And then we teach them. And we get them baptized. 
So making disciples is all-encompassing. And so I think what has happened is, one, sometimes people think it's optional, but it is the Great Commission. It is the command of Jesus to go. And when we go, the first thing is we need to make disciples. And the making of disciples is leading people to Jesus Christ or getting them saved. We call that evangelism. This is the good news. What am I going to say? We're going to tell people the good news. What's the good news? The good news is that God saved humanity through Jesus Christ. That's the good news. That I don't have to do anything to get it. I don't have to earn it. I can't work for it. I can't make myself holy. I can't make myself righteous. Jesus took care of that. All I have to do is believe him and receive that. Are you with me? Confess it with my mouth. Believe that this is what Jesus has did in my heart and receive him. So this making of disciples also involve baptizing. In the name of the Father, the Son, and the Holy Spirit. So what is this baptizing? The baptizing is where we come and we make that covenant with God. And we make a public declaration that Jesus Christ is our Lord. That's what we did when we got baptized, those of us who are baptized. And that's what you'll do, those of you who have not been baptized yet. You're making a public declaration that Jesus Christ is your Lord. You're making a public declaration of the Father, the Son, and the Holy Spirit, right? That you no longer are the person who went in the water, because when you come up, you come up like he came out of the grave. That... That sin was nailed to that cross when he was on that cross. He went through that for you and for me. And when you went, go down in that water like he went down in that grave, he came out of that grave, you're coming out of that water, a new creature in Jesus Christ. That's what we are proclaiming publicly to everybody that we know when we get baptized. That we belong to God. I'm no longer part of this world. I have a Father in heaven and a Savior and Lord, and his name is Jesus Christ. And I have the Holy Spirit to guide and help me here on this earth. So this act of obedience is serving in this knowing now that I have a new nature. And it is showing me, it is a declaration that the sin that was me, that we all had, is no longer my sin, that Jesus paid the price for me. Amen? Amen. The third, the third thing is the teaching. Teaching is what happens when we come together like we are today. We assemble together. We gather together as a church family, and we learn the word. We receive the word. We hear the word. Our faith grows in that process. As disciples, we come together to be taught. And sometimes the word is expanding us. Sometimes it's growing us. Sometimes we're just getting that word and the seed is coming in. And then we meditate and the spirit of God begins to work in our lives. We go home. We, we study it. But this is us coming together and God teaching us as a community. We're hearing the same thing. And we have classes where we are being taught. And training where we are being taught what? To be like Jesus. 
to do what Jesus did and even greater works. So there's key actions of the commission are those three things, going, baptizing, and teaching. That's what makes a disciple. Just getting people saved, and I don't mean it like that, like that's not enough, but we want to make sure we do everything that Jesus has commanded us to do. And so, yes, yeah, sometimes we, we will lead someone to Christ. I mean, a lot of times I led people to Jesus. I was in a different state, but I would encourage them to get to a church. Why? So they could get taught and get baptized. And I would say, you know, as soon as you get to a church, get baptized. Find a good word church, right? So the whole deal. But first, we have to go. <laughs> we have to go. So for the rest of our time together, I want to focus on the go part of making disciples of all nations. The Gospel of Mark says it like this, chapter 16 and 15. It describes Jesus' command in this way. He says, go into all the earth and preach. <laughs> preach the gospel to who? To all creation. Preach it to all creation. There's no limitation on your sharing the good news about Jesus Christ. He says, whoever believes and is baptized will be saved. So if you believe the person you're talking to, the person in front of you believes you, the scripture says they'll be saved. And so that's what we're doing. We have to go and share that good news. So how do I do that? I do it in my everyday living. My goal is in the way that I live, in my everyday living. When I go to the market, when I go to the doctor's office, in fact, a lot of stuff happens for me <laughs> in like urgent care and emergency room. I, it's not like I'm a sick person, understand. I've just had a few visits in those places. And you know, one time the Lord cleaned out the whole urgent care room so I could have a conversation with one woman. Look, I'm telling you, when you go like the Marys, Jesus will show up. He will show up on the scene. So our getting hung up on, you know, I don't know what to say and all that. Listen, let me just help you relax. Don't worry about that. We're here. We're going to teach you how to do these things. But in the meantime, go. Jesus will meet you there like he met the Marys. The angels told him, when you get to Galilee, you'll see him there. Jesus said, no, I'm meeting them on the way. So the word is, on the way, as you go, Jesus is going to show up. You don't have to worry about whether or not the person in front of you hears what you are saying or is going to receive it. So how do we go? We do it in our everyday living in this world. We are to go in those situations. How do we, how do we go? How do we go? Three ways. Three biblical examples of how we go. Number one, family evangelism. We all know something about that, right? We, we're praying for our family. How many of you praying for your family members? All right. Those of you who haven't started praying yet, get to praying. 
right? Somebody pray for me. I know who it was. It was my grandmother. She prayed for me. And she kept praying and kept praying and kept praying. And I got saved. And many of you who raised your hand, you who are praying for family members, somebody prayed for you. And there are people praying for you or prayed for you that you don't even know about. People out here in streaming world, people praying for you, and we don't even know you. I speak for myself. I'm praying for your salvation if you haven't received Jesus yet. And if you fell back, I'm praying for you to return to the love of God. Family evangelism, simple. Timothy, the apostle, Paul's protege, it was family evangelism. You know, Paul talks about how faithful Timothy was in 2 Timothy uh, 1.5. And what we find there is that Timothy was faithful. But why was he faithful? He was faithful because of his grandmother and his mother. They were followers of Jesus, and they were faithful, and they taught Timothy, and then Timothy became, was so faithful, he began walking with, with uh, the Apostle Paul. There are people in your families that you are praying for, some of them you haven't seen in years, and I guarantee you some of them, if you check back with them, they're walking with Jesus and walking strong. So family evangelism, my own family, my own family got saved. My, brothers, my brother and my sisters got saved after I got saved and my mom. Why? Family evangelism. How did you do that? I didn't jump on them and say, you know, you need to stop drinking, smoking, and doing what you're doing. <laughs> I didn't do that. The way that I did that, was I simply shared with them what Jesus was doing in my life as regular conversation. My family is thousands of miles away. Regular conversation, picking up the phone, having conversation with them, and talking to my mom and saying something like, you know, Mom, you know, I was in tears the other day. I was struggling with Rashawn. I didn't know what to do. I gave you a call. You didn't answer the phone. Oh, Jesus always answers. The phone when you call. <laughs> and I said, I didn't know what to do. I was in tears. And so I prayed and I said to the Lord God, I don't know what to do. I, I'm just a mess. I don't, know, I don't know what to do. Jesus, I need your help. And then Jesus gave me insight. He gave me wisdom. I knew exactly what to do. I shared that with my mom. Regular mommy-daughter conversation, right? Because when I do other stuff, I share it with my mom. Why wouldn't I share what Jesus is doing in my life? That's my testimony. I share that with my brothers and sisters when I talk with them on the phone. I'm still doing that today. Now they're sharing back to me what Jesus is doing in their lives. All right? So listen. If I came down on them about all their stuff that they're doing wrong, and this is why I'm like this, because that's how someone approached me about all my stuff that I was doing wrong. Let me just give you a little secret. People know they're a mess. No matter how we look on the outside, we might look like we have it all together, and I looked like that. But inside, inside of me, I was a mess. 
and I needed Jesus. But they didn't come at me with that glory on the inside of them. And I'm confident that the glory was in them. But that's not what I saw. I saw the judgment and the condemnation. And so me, being me, in the natural, people, Jesus hadn't saved me yet. <laughs> I put my little foot in the ground. And I'm like, I'm not giving in. I'm not receiving Jesus. Just because of the way they did it. And if you don't think there are people like me, think again. Now, of course, today I think how stupid was that? <laughs> I could have been walking with Jesus a whole lot sooner. <laughs> but I wasn't. I put my little foot in and I'm stuck and I'm not going to do it. But that is not the Father's heart to pick out all the things that's wrong with people. They already know what's wrong with them. Jesus is pretty good about cleaning up his fish. Number two, relational evangelism. Here we go by engaging people that we don't necessarily know, but we know them maybe from work or some uh, organization or something that we're involved in. We connect with these people and we begin to share our lives with them and engage with them and, and get into friendships with them and we do things with them. I like, to, I like to go to live plays, you know, theater. That's my thing. Other people are sports, so they may go to a sports event with a coworker or someone who is not saved. And they get to see your life and be a part of your life and you invite them in to your birthdays and different things like that. Well, here's the deal with that. Friendship evangelism is great. We call it relational evangelism. I think it's good to connect with people and make that happen. But if you don't ever ask the question and you never share the good news, you never share your testimony, or you never share about Jesus, the things that we talked about, he was buried and died and raised from the dead. If we never share that, then we're just hanging out with unbelievers. And so we just don't fake ourselves. We just say that's what we're doing. But when we do that, that is opportunity to draw them into Christ. Why? Because we have the heart and the compassion of Jesus, and we want them to know what we know. We want them to know that Jesus died for them, and we love them, and we want them saved. We love them enough. We have the heart of Jesus enough that we don't want to see them go to hell. The third way is contact evangelism. <laughs> well, I said I would give you an example. Okay, so the example for relational evangelism is Jesus was hanging out with the publicans and the taxpayers and the sinners, the scripture tells us in Luke. And the religious people were really upset with him about that. But you know what? He was hanging out with them. He's in building relationships with them. And the result of that is Matthew. It's one of them that we know of for sure. Because Matthew wrote the book of Matthew. And guess this. If you want to know detail in the Bible, Matthew is the book to go to. So through that, him, that encounter with them, him being in relationship with people, building friendships, hanging out with them, he... The result was Matthew got saved, and probably a whole bunch of other people as well. 
The third one is contact evangelism, and I think this is the one that makes people nervous because they everybody thinks, ooh, that's what evangelism is, and then they don't want to do that. I don't know how many of you remember somebody walking across the, uh, the world with the cross. Anybody remember that? <laughs> and you're like, I'm not doing that. <laughs> and then... You know, we do, we do what we call street evangelism or treasure hunts where you go out and you meet people that you don't know and you just share the gospel with them. You're just 100% sharing the gospel. You're not building a relationship or doing anything like that. We call that contact evangelism. But here's the thing with contact evangelism, Jesus did that too. If you remember the woman at the well, Jesus didn't know her. He never met her before. Yeah, he went out of his way, and I believe he was led of the Spirit. And you know, when we go on treasure hunts, we would go on treasure hunts, and we would pray before we went. And the Spirit would give us information, and we would look for those people. So Jesus goes to the well, and here he is. He's talking to this woman. Number one, he has no business talking to her because she's a woman. Number two, he really don't have any business talking to her because she's a Samaritan. And in that culture... Jews did not communicate with Samaritans. So two strikes against him. But you know Jesus. So he's gone, he's tired, he needs some water, and he gets to the well, and he's having this conversation with this woman. And he takes a natural conversation about water and turns it into a supernatural conversation about the living water. Jesus. And then what happens? She goes and tells others evangelism. Come and hear about the guy who knows everything about me, told me everything about myself. And conversions were being made. So how do we get to the place of the go? So three kind of ways we can go, and you probably can find some more in Scripture. And then now... How do I get to that place of the go? My mindset, number one, I got to work on that. We got to work on our mindset. Anything that has been stopping us in our thinking about going, any distorted views that we have, well, I don't want to bring it up because, you know, Chris has got such a bad rap right now. Nope. Don't worry about it. Get rid of that. Cast that down. Cast that imagination down. And think like the Apostle Paul. The Apostle Paul said in Corinthians, and know that Paul had been through a lot of stuff, right? Paul had been beaten. He had been brutalized. He had been whipped. He had been imprisoned. Paul had some stuff going on out here sharing the gospel. I'm not saying that's going to happen to you. But Paul has some stuff going on, and he's talking to the Corinthian churches. They got a lot of stuff going on in the Corinthian church. And Paul is basically saying to them, this is the principle. Get your focus on the above and not the below. Get your focus on the invisible, where God is. Not here in this natural realm, the visible realm. That's how he made it. He kept his eye on the prize. He kept his eye on the target. He kept his eye on the commission. He kept his eye on Jesus and the Holy Spirit. That's where he kept his focus. That word look in the scripture 
and 2 Corinthians 4.18 says, While we look not at the things which are seen, but we look at the things in the unseen, for the things in the seen are subject to change. They are temporal. And so guess what? When we go out and, and, and minister to people and talk to them about Jesus and give our testimony, that person standing in front of us, that's a temporal situation. That face in front of you looking like they're not hearing you and, you know, please hurry up and go away, whatever it is, that's temporary. I want you to think about it for a minute. You were temporary. <laughs> when somebody shared the gospel with you, you were temporary. You were something else before you said yes. You are subject to change and so are people. They are subject to change. I change. Remember, I had my foot in there. I'm not doing nothing. <laughs> Somebody invited me to a meeting like this, right? It wasn't even for an unbeliever. I think it was missions. I don't even know what it was. I can't even tell you what they were preaching about because the Holy Spirit was so up on me that the next thing I know, I'm up out of the seat. I'm in the front of the room in the front of the church with my hands up <laughs> receiving Jesus Christ and there was no altar call. <laughs> right? Me, had my foot in. I'm not doing it. <laughs> but you know, the people who invited me to that church, oh Jesus, they were goers. They didn't worry about whether I was going to say yes or no. They didn't worry about the look on my face. And you know what? I showed up because the Spirit of God was working on me. They were praying for me. My grandmother was praying for me. Probably a whole lot of other people were praying for me. And I showed up in Jesus and the beautiful Holy Spirit got me. Yay. Yay. So for purposes of us are going and making disciples, is we are to focus on him and on the mission, not on the people in front of us and how they look or what they're going to say or what we think they're going to say or the stories that we create in our own head that blocks us from doing what we know we need to do. Our focus is not on us. Our focus is on the Holy Spirit in us, the spirit of glory in us. The, 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 the glory is in you. And the person in front of you needs that. They need the Holy Spirit. They need the glory of God. They need Jesus. And it's on the inside of us. It's invisible. They can't see it, but they need it. And so we want to make sure that when we are talking to people, we don't get caught up in what they're doing and saying and how they're acting. And we don't get caught up in all the stuff that's going on in the world and lies that they're telling about our God. We know our God. We just sang songs about how great and faithful and good he is and how he'll chase us down. And I thank God today that he chased me down. Amen? Amen. And so that's the heart that we need to have when we go after people. God loves them. His heart, his compassion. His compassion was for the people. And he looked out there and he said to his disciples, the, the, the harvest is ready. But the labors are few. His heart was for the people. He wanted to get them in so they wouldn't have to go to hell. So let's look quickly at some actions we can take. 
Number one, pray, of course. Right? Pray. Pray for the Lord to remove whatever obstacles that get in your way, in your head, in your life. Pray, pray, pray that God will do that and then take action on it. Ask the Holy Spirit to help you to overcome those things. And pray for opportunities to witness. You know, sometimes it's just a matter of, okay, God, I'm, I'm, I'm going to work today. Is there anybody there that needs you? Now, we know the answer to that, right? But you know what will happen is you'll get to work and the Holy Spirit will highlight a particular person. And then we start praying for them and then we invite them to lunch and then we start building that relationship with them. And then we ask them, we share with them what God is doing in our lives. We pray for them with situations that are coming up. There's a lot of things that we can do, but always remember to make the ask. And if you're afraid to make the ask, invite them to church. Say, come on, go to church with me. You're praying. You're laying the foundation in prayer. Know that there is an invisible spirit on the inside of you who's working in you, working through you, and working around you. And guess what? Working in their hearts. How I end up at a church in a meeting that they didn't have an altar call, and I'm down in front. Because somebody prayed, and that Holy Spirit was working on me. And I came down right? So remember that. Number two, prepare, practice, and go. Write your testimony out. Do you remember how you got saved? How many of you remember getting saved? Remember how Jesus saved you? What happened in that situation? Come on, how many of you remember that, right? If you don't remember, ask the Holy Spirit to remind you. Write it down on paper. Get it in detail, painful detail, and then take it and get it in a, a one-minute, two-minute talk <laughs> that you can share with somebody. So I have several testimonies because I've been walking with the Lord a long time. So I got my salvation testimony, and that's the good news. My salvation testimony is the good news. Jesus died on that cross for me. Jesus was buried and resurrected for me. I was a sinner. There's nothing I could have done to get it and nothing I can do to, to, to uh, earn it. I can't work for it. I couldn't done any of that. It was Jesus, a gift from God. All right? Number two, faith. You know what? Sharing the gospel is a walk of faith. Matter of fact, everything <laughs> in Jesus is a walk of faith. When we received salvation, that was an act of faith. We didn't see Jesus. Anybody seen him? I mean, because... That was an act of faith. In my heart, I believed. I believed that he was there. I believed it. And I received him into my heart, and I confessed that with my mouth. And the scripture says you'll be saved. So we walk by faith, not by sight. And Hebrews tells us that faith is the substance of things hoped for. What are we hoping for? Revival. We're hoping for evangelism. We're hoping for people to get saved, our family members, our neighbors, the people we work with, people we don't even know. We are believing God for salvation. This is what we are hoping for. And my faith activates that and brings from the spirit realm down into this realm, from the kingdom right here. That's what my faith does. That's what our faith does. What is my faith? My faith is me trusting 
that God wants them and God is co-working with me to bring them in. Are you following me? Awesome. All right. Number three, we need to ask people to come to church. Invite them. Invite people to church. Invite them to come. Invite them to come to our meetings. Invite them to come to um, uh, our men's meetings, our women's meetings, to our discipleship trainings, to Wednesday night, this, this Wednesday, starting this Wednesday, we're having Revival Ignite. And Pastor Ben is going to be teaching. And we want to invite people to come. It's revival time. So if you share with them, invite them. If you don't share with them, invite them. Invite them to come. Let them get like me. I was in the atmosphere of the Holy Spirit, and the Spirit of God just got on me. And then people had already been trying to bring me into the kingdom. So somebody was sowing seed, somebody was watering seed, and I end up in a meeting that I didn't really have any business in, but clearly needed to be there, <laughs> and God saved me. So the next thing you want to do in action is you want to get familiar with salvation-related scriptures. Why? Because if you familiarize yourself with the scripture, the scripture is going to be on the inside of you, and it just comes natural to you. It, it naturally flows out of you. The Holy Spirit will begin to prompt you, and you'll, it'll flow naturally. Uh, you know, I'm not saying Romans 10, 9, and 10, confess with your mouth. I'm not saying it like that. But I may say to the person, you know, are you ready to receive Jesus? If you could just say it with your mouth and you believe that in your heart, what we talked about, you'll be saved. It's that simple. And the other reason why you need to know these scriptures is because you're going to run into people sometime who they want Jesus, but they think they got to clean up their act first. And if you're not clear on that yourself, you, if you're not really 100% sure on that, then you'll waffle around that. But if you know these scriptures, you know that God wants them saved. The cleanup part, that's something different. That's a, the, on the other side of it. Our faith says that the spirit of God is doing it. So scripture number one, Romans 3.23. Write these down. Just the, you know, the reference, Romans 3.23, all have sinned and fallen short of the glory of God. You've heard that. Ephesians 2.89, for by grace you have been saved through faith, and this is not of yourself. It is the gift of God and not a result of work so that no one may boast. If you don't know any of them, know this scripture, because many times people want to clean themselves up, and many times people who are go are trying to tell people to clean up before Jesus gets them saved. No. Get them saved. Let Jesus get to their heart. Jesus will do the other work. We're not the condemners. We're not the judgers. Jesus said in his word, John 3, 16 says, For God so loved the world that he gave his only son that everyone who believes in him will not perish but have eternal life. But it goes on to say, For God did not send his son into the world to condemn it. He didn't send his son to condemn people. He didn't send his son to judge people. He sent his son to save the world. Right? 
I don't want, I don't want a, job, a God that condemns me. And so know that other people don't want a God that condemns them. That's not God. That's not our God. And we see a lot of stuff going on. But I'm telling you, get in Scripture and you'll see what your God is like. The God that you sang about today. Romans 10, 9 and 10, I've said it a few times that if you confess with your mouth, Jesus says, Lord, and believe in your heart that God has raised him from the dead, you will be saved. For with the heart a person believes, resulting in righteousness, resulting in that right standing with God because of what Jesus did. And with the mouth, you make the confession and salvation is made. And salvation is not only me getting saved and having eternal life and having a regenerated spirit in Jesus Christ and becoming a new creature. That's enough in itself. But I become a different person. My life becomes different. It becomes better. I have righteousness. I have peace. And I have joy in the Holy Spirit. And the word of God says that is the kingdom. And I get to walk that kingdom out and share it with other people. Amen? Amen. So I would be remiss if I was to share this message with you and not invite you to receive Jesus Christ. So if there is anyone in the room today who does not know Jesus, or maybe you've fallen back and you need to make a recommitment to God, if there's anyone out there in the streaming land, you're listening to this, you feel a little tug on your heart in this room and out there. You feel a little tug on your heart by the Holy Spirit. Maybe not as dramatic as I was, but definitely there's a tug, there's something that's saying to you, I need to receive Jesus or I need to renew my commitment. If that's you, I just simply ask you to raise your hand. I'm not going to have you come down right now. I'm going to ask you to raise your hand if that's you. And it's streaming, if that's you, I'm going to invite you into this prayer that I'm going to pray. And I'm going to ask you if you would just go online, go to the website, go under prayer, and type in there your name and your email and a phone number, and we will be in contact with you. So let's pray this prayer for anyone who may be listening, maybe it's tugging on your heart, but you're not there yet. We're going to pray the prayer of salvation. And then I'll have you all stand and we'll close out in prayer. So right now, Heavenly Father, pray this with me, everybody. Heavenly Father, thank you for our Lord and Savior, Jesus Christ. Thank you for sending your son to save us. Thank you that you didn't come to condemn us, but to save us. And right now, I heard the word. And I believe it in my heart that Jesus was raised from the dead. And I confess with my mouth, Jesus is Lord. And the word says, I am saved. In Jesus' name we pray, amen. Amen? Amen. Now, if you need prayer, we'll have prayer pastors. We'll have pastors down here and prayer ministers to pray with you. 
today before you leave. If you have a need, don't go without getting prayed over. And then I'm going to ask you all stand, and I'm just going to pray for us to go. Quick prayer. Father, I thank you for your word. I thank you for your faithfulness. And God, I thank you that we have the Holy Spirit in us, that it is a walk of faith. We don't have to worry about how we look or how we say it or how we do it or any of that, God. But we do trust that the Holy Spirit will work in us, through us, and all around us. So God, give us a heart of Jesus, that heart of compassion, that heart of sin, the perplexity of what humanity is going through, and that we'll go and share and make the disciples. In Jesus' mighty, matchless name, amen. Amen. amen.